my dad would cook for him and all the guides lived in this little we called it the mouse mahal i mean it was just a little rundown shack I'm kind of an addictive person if i ever get on drugs i feel like it's over <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're coming at you with another podcast episode. It's been just a bit. The last one was Ira and I talking about our duck season kind of wrap up. And a lot of you guys have requested to have one of our former guests back on. So that's what we're going to do. His duck season went a little bit longer than ours. And his podcast we did earlier was one of our top three most listened to. So Keith Allen, we appreciate you for coming back on, man. Hey, good to be here, guys. I tell you, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm wore out. The grind don't stop, <laughs> but it slows down well, a little bit after duck season. Meet your co-host, Evan Williams. He's just getting started. He's tired. <laughs> I love it. Evan's here. If Evan Williams if, if Evan Williams got paid minimum wage for his work at Locust Grove Duck Camp, he would own that farm. That's awesome. <laughs> Keith, how do you feel? Duck season's over. Has the depression... Has the depression punched you in the face like it like it like it does a lot of us? You know, it always does. Uh, but I and I, I, I messaged I, I messaged some folks on day sixty one, as I say, the the day after, which for us was Thursday. It, it's strange it closed this year on a Wednesday, which we joked at at down at White Oaks. We're like, man, Duxies don't close on Wednesday. Let's just hunt a couple more days. We'll close it on a Friday or something or a Saturday, man. <laughs> we wanted to, but, but, uh, you know, it was weird closing on a Wednesday, but I, I have dealt with, and I don't know if there's anyone that's, that's good enough with language to write kind of how we feel. It's such a flood of emotions. You know, you're like, you're grateful, you're sad, you're the best that you can be emotionally and spiritually because you're grateful, but then, you know, you're wore out and and then you're you're I'm freaking excited, dude. I'm ready to go fishing too. It's like you're more. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's all the things, but uh, it was a good year, and I dealt with less sadness, I guess, than than I have in years past. I don't know if it's getting old, uh, and I'm just thankful, you know, uh, after a season like this. I, I was thankful how it ended, you know. We I mean, we'll get more into detail, but. We all know, and when you simplify the big picture of successful harvest, successful hunts, they always are accompanied with change in in weather, in, in, in circumstance. It doesn't matter if it's going from zero to 50 or 50 to zero or, or no wind to 20 miles an hour or, you know, or, or, or a crazy drought to a bunch of rain or, or, the, or vice versa, you know. But when we get change, then we hunters, we, we're in business then. And when you're in a stagnant of anything, it's tough. And this year, we had some crazy change in our south zone. I don't think you guys saw it so much. It closed on y'all before it got crazy with the freeze, uh, insane freeze, which, which you know, makes ducks susceptible. Then then we had, you know, the, the, the thaw. And, and again, we'll go into detail, but I, I don't know. It's just, it, it was a... It was a neat season because we saw, especially down south, a lot of change, and it never was the same way the whole time, and 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 I'm thankful for it, man. It was a good year. 
Hey, I got one thing. Before we get into the duck thing too much, Joe and I, you know, well, Joe more than me, but we're both in goose mode, Canada goose, dark goose mode right now, and then we'll switch into white goose mode. Do you do any of that? I I don't. You know, we don't get Canadas down here. Uh, when I was younger, we would a lot around Commerce, Missouri, which is an area called Big Island uh, uh, that's right across from Horseshoe Lake. And we were just hunting Horseshoe Lake geese in the in the 80s and, and early 90s. And we would set up. I mean, if you saw our rigs, you'd be, it's laughable how rough our rigs, but we'd kill them. And then in 2000, the freeze, the famous freeze year, we we worked them over all around the boot hill, Canada's. But I, I don't. It's too far away to really get into them. Now, obviously, we get snows like crazy in February, late February. You know, we get a lot of snows. Uh but man, our snow goose hunting in this part of the world is muddy, and I am too old to deal with mud. I hate it. <laughs> it's like you can't, you know, the only way really to do it down here is just set a rig and, and grind it out every day. But to hunt feeds uh, like you do up north and where you're able to move around, you just can't do it. In this, it's just you can't imagine how just muddy, nasty this part of the world is when things are freezing and thawing and raining. It's just, you just can't, it'll tear everything up and tear you up. It's a young man's game at best. So I don't, I don't actively do it. I'm not anti, but like I've always said, man, my, my duck season, when we start early and go through it, it, I have drawn on the account of my family and created so much dysfunction that I've got, I got to act right when it gets this time of year. <laughs> Ira, you must not. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm, I'm, and I'm getting more. Well, I've always had an excuse because I was making money doing it all, and, <laughs> uh, and I still have a little bit of an excuse there. But now uh, I'm kind of past the point where uh, <laughs> I don't want to care. But you know, it just you know it all comes full circle. So I'm planning on yeah. doing quite a bit of goose. That's awesome. Yeah, you know it's been. Yeah, I, I love it. A couple of those years, I hadn't here lately. I hadn't snow goose much going through transition at the vet clinic and Mo Marsh and all that kind of stuff. But hopefully, we can get to go. Hopefully, we can get to go a little more this year. Hey, Joe, tell him about our goose spread. He's talking about his dysfunctional goose spread. How about mine? Oh God. Well, so Ira's Ira's honker spread. Uh, he was hunting over fourteen floaters, which I like. You know, I kind of like that rig. Fourteen floaters and a Mo Marsh versa blind, and then. And then a buddy of ours, Jim G and Lottis went and hunted with them. And he ended up bringing, which was more interesting than the goose hunt. He brought a rig of floaters to add to Ira's that were brought over on the Mayflower. I promise you, <laughs> I promise you, John Smith hunted over those damn things. I was like, what? They, they weren't paper mache, but they were a step, a step from paper mache, but they were close. I, I bet you I know that the, the, they have that distinct texture on the back of them that that yeah. the the feather deep yeah I know those exact decoys I've seen them they they almost seem like paper mache they may be actually the, the good thing was he had a bag because they kept falling in and sinking so you could always just grab another one and put it on there that's awesome the best part about it I said something about I was like yeah so I've been hunting that rig and he's like hey when you pick it up put mine in my trailer or whatever and he said. I asked Jen, Gene Lottis what to do with his, and he said, do whatever, keep them or throw them away. I was like, when you when you got a two-way go on decoy pickup, go ahead and either put them in the shed or throw them away. You know that's a quality rig. 
Uh, so have y'all been killing geese? Yeah. Oh man. I, so awesome. this thought, this thought, you know, Keith as a duck hunter, it would burn you. It hurts me, but you know, this thaw has been about sitting there goose hunting and hundreds of ducks falling in your lap just constantly. Oh, that, yeah. that hurts a little bit, but no, the honker hunting has been really good after that. free, We killed a few on a, we got a power plant like here that is warmer water and we killed quite a few on the freeze. Then when yeah. it was real subatomic cold, but then this thaw has just been like, you know, the birds were pushed down for, for the free through the freeze. And then they got on the big bodies of water in the river. And now they're coming back to the traditional areas, but they're geese, you know, we're shooting several bands from areas that we never see geese from. So it just seems like everything is hit that river you know, kind of concentrated on that river and they're kind of trickling back. And I, I don't think there's a goose hunter hunting in this part of the world. that's not killing them right now. So it makes us, <laughs> makes awesome. us feel like heroes, but it's fun. That is awesome, man. It is. They, I, they, the birds have gotten on the rivers this year, you know, with this, with, well, finally there's, there's water on them, you know, it's been crazy dry. I've never seen them so low down here, but what happened was, and it's been like that now for two year, two falls. And it's almost like they've grown up in fields. It's like, and when the water got on them, it's like baited fields everywhere. I mean, I've never seen them so dumb and thick. It's It's been awesome down here in the freeze and the thaw. But, uh, and like right now, the river in the Mississippi is absolutely perfect. I was able, we were invited to come to Tennessee this morning and hunted on the river, exactly where we always hunt, where we put in, uh, in Missouri. Uh, and went across the river and my dad's a veteran and it, they had a veteran season over there today, which was really cool. I couldn't believe we're out there hunting in February. It was wild. So, uh, how was it? And there were ducks, tons of ducks everywhere. Hell yeah. That's pretty cool. They do that for the veterans. Yeah. Yeah. I think they started it in Arkansas this year too. Uh, I think they, they do, they added the veterans with the youth hunt yesterday, but in Tennessee, how they did it, I believe is they had the youth hunt yesterday and then the veterans hunt today. So it's kind of a trend, I guess. So I'd like to see Missouri do that. At least do something with the conservation areas, give them a reservation or something. Be good. I that, think. Would be, that would be kind of cool. It might make me go try to go back and get a, get a hard four in. Yeah. I mean, that that you know, it would be cool. You're right on that reservation thing. It'd be kind of cool if you could get a get a special day or something or, or, or a reservation preference for, for veterans. I mean, hell, they, they deserve it more than anybody. That, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I always think about, I always think my, about my dad, you know, he tries to, he draws every day at Duck Creek and gets out, you know, about a fifth of the time. And here he is a Vietnam veteran. And I always think, man, and he's 75 and he don't have, but, you know, very many years left. And, I don't know. I always wish they had something special or a special blind for them or something. But anyway, that's my rant on that. What were you going to say? Well, I'm with you. I was just going to say, I don't know if you or, or where you hunt the most. I don't know if you guys keep numbers, you know, numbers, numbers. But Ira and I were just talking about some of the numbers for their farm. And, you know, numbers to me are are relative because, you know, it's more of a bird per hunter thing. You know, you know, you got to get right. a badass farm and hunt it one day a week and you're not going to kill a whole lot. But, you know, um, we were going over some of Ira's numbers for his place, which is, which is cool. Cause they're not, they're not a commercial thing. And, you know, some days it's just one guy on the farm. Some days it's groups or whatever, but um, numbers wise, Keith, where you hunt, do they keep track? And and how was it? How did, how did everyone feel like season stacked up down in, in South Missouri and in, in Arkansas, White Oak area? Yeah. Well, it, it was, it's comparable. It, it, I think that it was, 
for instance, my friends there at North Delta, Ryan, Eric Reinhardt, and those guys, you know, they they obviously keep real good records. They're a commercial outfit and are packed pretty much every day. And and they ended up, and they thought they would never get there. But it's, and I always tell my dad this. I say, Dad, just chill out. We're going to get them. You get them every year. You just get them different every year. <laughs> it's like you get you shoot them different spots, different ways, and different times. But it, it'll all work out. And I think they ended up within 100 of, of last year, and they thought that they weren't even going to be half of what they were. You know, it just but it just turns around like those changes happened, and and, and it turned around. It 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 was a I guess it was a tough year in general, but you know I, was, I guess I'm blessed and and spoiled too <laughs> to hunt down at White Oaks and there's so much food, and and we ended up doing well. But I tell you what, the hunting down there wasn't classic uh, like it has been in years past because we're not hunting traffic. We're hunting tame ducks that were herded up and on food and, and you know, like cornfield-type ducks. I hate cornfield ducks. I mean, you got a corn. If you got corn, you got ducks. But it they just they just are not trading from it. Corn works too well. <laughs> That's what I always say. I don't dog corn. It, it's amazing. It's it's. And you know, I don't, I don't have an agenda at all about corn. I don't give a shit. I know that. Yeah, me neither. Know, me neither. I'm just a duck killer. <laughs> right, right. I know that. I know that corn, um, you know, feeds a lot of ducks. I know it keeps, you know, a lot of ducks fed up. And I know, but one thing you cannot disagree with about corn is, and and everybody that uses it can tell you that corn creates lines, and corn creates highways, and corn creates places yeah. that. It makes it makes it tough for ducks to deviate off of. You know that's why down in Arkansas. That's right. I, I hunted down there this year, and the thing I like about hunting in Arkansas, getting away from from hot crops, is when you're in an area away from hot yep. crops, it's, there's ducks on the trees. Just we were hunting around Desert with a good yep. buddy of mine, uh, and um, we were hunting down around Holly Grove with another buddy of mine, Robert Easton, who we've oh. had on this podcast. And you know you're sitting there, and and it, at daylight it's just ducks yeah. just, just coming around yeah. actually looking for a place to land you know they don't know where traffic traffic, traffic man Real non-stop traffic. traffic right right don't know where it's coming from right don't and, know where it's coming from here there everywhere eight eight or ten all the time that, that's duck hunting that's fun <laughs> and, and up here you know up here the traffic yep. that we have we've got highway traffic we've got if you're 50 yards off to one yeah. way or the other, you're, you're fucked for lack of, sorry, but for lack of a better term. And, yeah. you know, that's why I personally try to buy a farm and did under that highway. So you're always in the game, Yeah. but, but it just, yeah. it confines things to your area. So, so one way or the other, whatever you think about corn, I will say it definitely hard lines the birds in certain areas. If you can get under those lines, good for you. But if not, yeah. you're kind of, you're kind of tough, but, but though it is so, that was another thing I had on my point here, Keith, this year traffic was was non-existent almost with these old terrible birds and you know we have two woods holes on my place and you know it is what it is i mean you know we're, we're sitting there banking on traffic and you know with the woods hole that we have up here you can do minimal work get a woods hole full and hammer their ass most days well this year it was tougher and um guys with food um really did well up here so it was just kind of an that's interesting right. how it shook out but and that's exactly but, what i'm talking about Go ahead. What's that, Ira? Just to clarify for all the Southern guys yeah. that I haven't mentioned from for the last three weeks since it got cold, but but on another note, it doesn't have to be corn because 
you know, there's a lot of moist soil that they don't hit till late, like stuff that they don't go to right off the bat, stuff where they're not living. And there's moist soil tracks that are as or more attractive to them as corn. For example, on Locust Branch, I mean, we couldn't shoot them out of there. And that was nothing but some good moist uh, millet, wild millet, and smart weed. And they were hooked on that stuff. So just to clarify, it, it does yeah, not yeah. have. And I just mentioned, I, did, I, I used corn as an illustration, like corn. Down in Arkansas, there is none. But if you have food in general, what I was saying is you had a massive amount of food like what's down at White Oaks, then birds acted like down there this year like they will around corn, you know, because they, were just, they weren't leaving it because there's just no water anywhere, man. But, but because we had a lot of food, we, we killed a lot of ducks. We were in them. But 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 it, you're it's not easy. It's 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 tame ducks. It's ducks that are herded up, as I say. They're not traveling around three or four here, five or six there. You know, you got to get them, get them early when they coming in or what. It's just you know, it, it, it it's hard to complain because we did well because we had a lot of ducks. But it was a tough year in that regard. And if you did not have a spot set up like that. You aren't killing anything. I mean, like the public areas, there's just no water. It, it was a tough season for some, the toughest ever for some, uh, until, like I said at the beginning of the of the of our conversation, until those changes started happening, and then everybody started having fun. Boy, I mean, it was awesome. We talked about. Hey Keith, ask question for a different perspective, but like. Just regarding mallards, no other species of ducks, just mallards. Like here in the traffic spots, we'd shoot, instead of shooting a flock of 20, we'd shoot a single or maybe yeah. a pair. Yeah. But, but if you didn't have food, it was way different than what it is many, many, most years where, you know, you could get them coming and going, but there was no good come and go hunting for by and yeah. large. And we closed before it got cold. But, you know, you'd still shoot some, but instead of shooting a, three flocks of 20, you're shooting five singles and a couple pairs, you know, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, it was tough. And, it, and I'm just going to finish out that thing because I'm not, I'm not bitching about corn. I don't give a shit what anyone does on their property. And I guarantee you one thing, my place, anywhere I can, I'm getting corn in. I'm just saying that – I'm just saying that food – large – food tracks that are unpressured hold a lot of ducks and they dictate the way that ducks fly, which is that's right. Something that they're going to do here. It happens to be corn. Um, yeah. I think if it was rice, it would be exact same way. So when I say corn, I'm substituting that out for unpressured food and that's just all there is yeah. to it. But you know, um, go, go ahead, Joe. I, I, I wanted to say something and I have bad ADHD. So I kind of have to say it when I think of it or I won't, <laughs> I won't I'll forget it. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but I always think about this too. You mentioned it might be the same with rice, but I've always, I've, I've always had the the proposition to people. I like to make people think about it. Is that I wonder though if you had a thousand acres of rice and I in you know in Minnesota or or you know some somewhere up north where rice isn't grown, if it would work. I think I think ducks are looking for certain things in certain certain places. I think if you had a thousand acres of pin oak in South Dakota, you'd never get a duck, right? And, 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 it, and that, and they just, it's just the way it is. I think that up there, they're looking for corn. Why wouldn't you plant corn? 
why dog a guy in northern Missouri planting corn? Heck, that's 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 what they're looking. That's how. I mean, y'all are wanting to kill them. That's what you need to plant, man. Uh, there's no sense in dogging people planting corn. That down south we plant rice, right? Because that's what ducks want to be in. They want and they they stay in rice. That rice as a food store source, quite frankly, lasts a lot longer. A lot longer. It's just not quite the cracked cocaine for ducks that that corn is they don't get as crazy on it it is the thing so one thing that i'll you know that i'll say and we hear uh, people uh, i've talked to people you know it's like all of us like everybody that we see and talk to is like hey how was your duck season and you know a lot of guys to me are like yeah how was it i'm like man you know early early was good and i was fucking around deer hunting so i can't i'm not a good resource to ask because i'm i've deer hunt over duck hunt but um you know, December was pretty tough and I had some great hunts and I had some really bad ones and I, I'm not used to going out and getting zeroed, but you know, playing the traffic mm-hmm. game up here, if you didn't have conditions, it, zero was pretty possible. And, and guys mm-hmm. are like, man, I didn't know it was that bad. It's like, you know, and for me, I'm not going to bitch. Uh, I'm just taking observation, you know, for me complaining and stuff until I'm hunting for, you know, sustenance hunting, I'm not going to be that mad. I'm just glad. Yeah, I that's right. That's but, right. But it was, it sure was interesting seeing the differences this year. And, the, you know, Ira, Ira's farm is a little bit of a, of an outlier. Well, it's a huge outlier in our area and in every area. But with the farms that they have together there, let's say 800 acres, let's just say, um, it doesn't matter what crop Ira's got. He does good with corn. He does good. Some of their best years when they have no corn, but mm-hmm. But that's because they manage. I mean, we all know that it comes back to pressure, and that's that's, you know, right. that's limiting what, pressure. That's what they manage better than anybody. You know, the, the thing about him is, it's like most of the time, whenever he calls, calls, you know, and I talk to him every day during season. It's like you know, a lot of people were not doing well, and they were still getting them every day. And you know, when you have unpressured ducks, you can play the traffic game. You know, when they they have unpressured ducks, and they got forty thousand on their south end. They can shoot traffic at money blind because those ducks are or an unpressured population by and large, you know, not all of them, but yeah. it sure makes yeah. a difference. It's just cool to see. Now, obviously not everybody um, has that luxury, but, but they built it and it's, it's pretty badass. Iro, how, yeah. how, how was your season Ira from a numbers standpoint? You don't have to divulge the numbers, but just generally speaking, how was it for you? It was good. I entered up the other day and uh, I honestly think just numbers wise, it was our best season ever. I did I'm pretty sure, um, but but we shot a lot more gadwalls and non-mallards, and we still shot a lot of mallards, but we didn't have a whole lot of bunches. But I, I want to circle back to something that Keith just said because it's pretty interesting, and I should try it again because I can't believe it. But in my opinion, a duck is an opportunist. It's mm-hmm. going to eat a grass, a piece of rice, a piece of millet, a piece of corn, whatever it can get that's going to give it some n- nutrients that are in front of it but we did rice one year at locust grove and it was it was mainly dry ground rice like we don't know how to grow a crop of rice we don't have the herbicides we don't have the equipment and all that but but we did have some rice that made it in patches like there were patches where it did well and i i could not believe it but in the spring when everything had left and there was no food left. There was all the millet was gone. I'm not talking about the millet seeds. I'm talking about the millet plants were eaten. <laughs> every part we was eating. Every everything was eaten. The rice was standing 
with rice in the husk. They had not eaten it. And it blew my mind because in my mind, a duck is an opportunist. Like it's an eat whatever it can. But I talked to Jim about this. I'm like, Jim, I can, you, you just, you'd have to see it to believe it. But the fucking rice is still in the plant. They weren't looking for it. (laughs) Hundreds of acres around it. And they didn't eat the rice and they didn't eat the rice plant and they ate everything else. And I just still can't believe that. It blows my mind. I think they're looking for things. And I'll tell you another example of this. A lot of times in these river bottoms, when we're wanting to plant corn in duck holes, oftentimes it's too wet. You know, the ground's just too wet. And that's real common in duck areas where the ducks like it the most. It's the lowest, right? The lowest ground. And we, and back when Christian and I were guiding uh, out from New Madrid, uh, we had a hole that I hunted and, and we would try to get corn planted in this hole. It was like just 20 acre little hole. And we, one year we got rice or corn planted like August 1st in August. Now finally got dry enough. We could get in there and plant it. And we got a big rain in November, right before the season. And the, the corn had not made and, and it obviously just, it smelled rotten in there. It was just, you know, just old soft corn. Right. And it all fell off and died. Whatever. There's no food source is my point. But we killed three times as many that year in that hole as we did the year before, literally three times. And not, and it's much like y'all talking about your traffic holes up there. I, this place is like that where you'll never see a duck in this, in this hole ever, never see one duck all season. You just see them fly over, pop them with a call. They sail, they're dead, right? Well, my point about in saying all this is that when they saw those stalks, it was over. Like when they would sail and see those corn stalks, I am telling you that corn stalks will kill them. They're so conditioned. They're so conditioned to it. It's it's like they're just they're looking for it, right? They know what that that looks like, and 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 that they. they they would come to the dang stalks. It was wild. It's crazy what it's. Well, maybe desperate but when they've lived there and they know the corn has gone off the plant. Yeah. And, <laughs> and those corn stalks mean nothing to them, right? That's Joe? right. It, it's so, you know, yeah, we always say up here, like, when the corn's gone, the corn look don't do shit. Well, just because, man, those ducks, we don't give them, a lot of guys, we don't, and we don't give them enough credit. Sometimes we give them too much credit, but we don't give them enough credit a lot. I mean, when you know when you go when you live in your house, I was telling somebody the other day. It's like when you go to your house, and you go to the top left cabinet, and your mom or your wife hasn't gone to the store for two weeks, and there's nothing there. You quit opening the top left cabinet, even though it's a cabinet, even though it looks yeah. like a cabinet, and there used to be food there. You know, now if you go to a new spot like a traffic spot, you go to your friend's house. Yeah, you'll yeah. You'll, you'll throw the cabinets open whether there's food in there or not because you got to check. And That's you right. know, All right. That's right. We don't we don't give. We don't think about that. You know, Ira's ducks are so unpressured at, at his place. It's like they know every inch of that farm. They know what's good and what's not. And the reason they're, you know, the reason they're avoiding you isn't because of duck pressure. They're avoiding you, you know, maybe because we're hunting Ira's north end and they ate it all out, you know, and there's nothing yeah. there. So they're not even looking at it. But it's crazy what ducks will do in different areas. I know Ira's always told that story about rice, and I believe him, obviously, but we're going to give it, we're trying to, uh, you know, Jason's there, Keith. We're going to, Oh we yeah, have, we have a farm together, and uh, he's been doing some research on it. We're going to give it an honest effort this year in one one of our pools, and and see if we can't get something to use it. I just, 
conventional wisdom tells you if it's available to them and there are enough views in your place, you would think they would use it. But the reason we're doing it is just because there's a spot that's low and and I think corn would be an exercise in futility. So we're going to give it a try and, and see, but it, it's yeah. fun to talk about anyway. Yeah. Well, your, your, your illustration about the cabinets and stuff that, that to me, that's just simply uh, uh, kind of encapsulated by the concept of traffic. That's why you just kill traffic better than you kill ducks that, that are, that you're <laughs> keeping there. That's like, I would venture to say that Ira probably likes it. And as we do at White Oaks, when the neighbors have water, when there's water everywhere, you got it. You, we're, we're actually killing ducks better. Everybody hates, hates White Oaks in that area. Uh, but, but we actually do better when everybody's killing them. We do because you're getting traffic and you're not hunting a herd of 50,000 ducks that knows exactly what's going on and where you're at. And now, okay, that's a hole right there. And, it just it, it can get tough, but but again, we still kill a lot of them because they're concentrated, and that's probably why Ira uh, his numbers were, were were good this year because he had them in a bowl. But I, I would be curious to hear you talk, Ira, about you know the quality of hunting, not just the numbers and how they acted, and and is it different or better or worse if there's a lot of water in the area and you're not the only one holding them? I think that's interesting. Well, so I've kept records, and this year was different. It was dry, pretty dry, real dry this year. But but we as land managers have done a better job over the years, so we're we're killing more as a result of that. But but from doing keeping records for a long time and doing preseason. And postseason, and I've talked about this on here before, I'm sure, but I do a preseason projection of what I expect. And then I do a postseason summary of what we've got. And if I go back and I look at those, I'm almost always wrong. And that's awesome. That's because in my mind, I expect the seasons where we have the best food to be the best. Yeah. But the truth of the matter and the reality of the matter is when there's water everywhere and we don't have much food. That's when our hunting's the best because Bam. those ducks have more places to go and they're, they're less tame. They're not tame. And they're <laughs> especially if we get water in the fall. If we get water, then they, they do duck things, you know. They don't just sit, they do in a dry year. They do this and they do that and they move and they change and we get a freeze and that you know, the best year you can have is a dynamic year. You know, you got you got rain, you got freezes, you got thaws, yeah. you got Crunch, you got this right. rather than just, we have great food and then you have a stale weather year if you're a great land manager sure you're still going to kill them but it's going to be more teal and and you know more whatever you're not going to kill that many mallards and you have that great of a mallard deer but if you have a lot of dynamic weather events and water on the landscape your hunting's going to be better i mean my right. my book that for sure yeah that's awesome that's awesome that's what we find too i mean we're pulling for you know the big thing in 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 central arkansas is the cash river and when it gets up and out i mean it's a whole state worth of habitat i mean it's just it, it's it's dynamic how much uh, how many acres of four inch plus water there is i mean it's just astounding and and that's why Arkansas is famous. That's why it, it, it you know, it captivates the imagination of people just because there's so much water down there. And that's when we're, and, and the ducks are spread out everywhere. White oaks really means nothing to the ducks then. 
but that's when we do the best. So I, I, I agree. I, I think up here, well, up here, Ira mentioned, I don't know what years it's been Ira, but I'm trying to think like the years that we have the most water you up here during the summer in the late summer, the most water means the most grain up here. Cause you know, most of our ag land, most of our good ag land, is well-drained soils, high benches in the up, up out, out of the bottoms, and the bottoms are awesome soil. So it's interesting how it all kind of plays together. But when Ira's farm, let's just say in the bottoms or my place, like in the south bottoms there, when there's no food there, the ducks are still in those areas, but they're traveling around. And then also in the dry land, you know, when there's when there's not much flooded food of any kind, whether that's planted or natural, because it's all, you know, been flooded a million times. And the dry fields, you know, if the combines are so good now, they don't pick, you know, they 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 lose less a percentage. But, you know, if they lose 3%, 3% of 270 is a lot more than 3% of 170. So when we have our That's better right. crops, you know, less food in the wetlands and more food out in the, you know, in the in the dry fields, it just seems like the ducks are out just sifflating around more. You know, they're hitting the dry fields here and they're they're coming back to Iris Place. But I don't remember what year it was. I mean, 15, we had a few floods in the fall and it was – incredible hunting but other years ira we've had maybe 18 i don't remember what year it was but your place had literally it had no food on it i mean like not a you you could go out there ohio some yeah you could go out there with five guys and 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 everybody has a magnifying glass and you couldn't find a stitch of food on the whole place and it was so good it was unbelievable you know and so uh there's a lot to be said for for more water in the area wet years are always my favorite years yep all right, so we, we're all Missourians, the three of us. So I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about, and I'm going to bring them up now, and we just get into them. But one is I want to talk about all-day turkey hunting. And the other thing I want to talk about is people and their hang-ups and their um, sincere devotion to their thought of whether – our season should be a week earlier, a week later, a split, whatever. Those are two things I want to talk about. I love it. I can talk a lot about the latter, the the uh, the issue about a week later, a week earlier. I could talk all day about that. Uh, the all day, I guess the quicker one for me would be the all day turkey hunting. A lot of folks don't know, but my a background family background and heritage was that of turkey hunting i mean i remember being in first grade and demonstrating turkey calling at the elementary school in the in 1976 you know it's like i i turkey remember calling turkeys and uh long before it was cool right my dad took a job when i grew up in sykeston missouri my dad took a job with postmaster job in texas county just for the turkey hunting we moved there in the 80s in the golden era of Texas County, Missouri, uh, and, and I, I love to turkey hunt, but I'm an Ozark turkey hunter. I don't use decoys. I don't. I run and gun, and I'm just old school, you know. And I don't have any. I'm, I'm like a. I'm straight vintage 1989 turkey hunter. <laughs> That's all on the way. I know how to do it, and so just tradition wise, I I I don't I don't have much an opinion as to why I don't want it to change. Uh, but I just, I guess just the old timer in Missouri, our season closes at one. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. You know, 
<laughs> I have no scientific reason uh, or no objective argument either way. I'm just a Joe Schmo turkey hunter that, that I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know if I, I like that. And, and, and just going back in the days when we had turkey camp, you know, I, I always love those afternoon naps and just the camaraderie. I, I, I don't know. That's just part of the whole deal, man. You hunt till one and, but you know, in the in the in the late '90s, in the early 2000s, I spent a lot of years in Kansas, and we hunted in the afternoons. It was weird. I mean, it, I mean, you'd be hunting and turkeys going to roost, and 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 you know, we killed them a lot in the afternoons. But I have no opinion about that, Ira. I really don't. Other than I just a traditionalist, I suppose, and I don't know why we would expand it, especially in an era where my understanding is that that folks are are super afraid about turkey numbers i know the turkey numbers in southern missouri are terrible uh, in the ozarks are terrible you know our area is famous for turkey hunting but quite frankly every state that touches us is better every state that touches us is better we're the worst in our whole part of the world quite honestly anymore uh so i don't know why we would want to expand uh, uh presumably have more killed if you're more time in the field but that's 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 just my thinking out loud i've never thought about that topic that's the, I'll, I'll shut up well i i agree with you i'm gonna give my i could probably talk for three or four hours about this but i'm gonna condense it to a minute quick you know just just full full disclosure i i can turkey hunt a lot i i can you know when i worked in ag retail i couldn't turkey hunt very much because it was a bad time of the year that was one of the driving forces why I quit that job. Probably a dumb decision, but I can turkey hunt every day, and I usually do. I own land, and my family owns land that is very good turkey hunting. So I'm able to have a good opportunity to harvest a bird. If I don't kill a turkey, it's usually my fault, not not the you know the season or the bird's fault. The reason that I like the one o'clock closure is just like ducks. It gives those turkeys a little bit of a break from the pressure, from the calling, from the, the reaping, from the people driving by and jumping out and chasing after them and ditch crawling and all that stuff. And however you want to hunt them, that's fine. I like to hunt them. I don't have a turkey decoy. I don't have a blind. I won't use one. And, and um, my goal is to teach my boy not to use one. I hope, but um, and it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's not because I, it's not because I don't care what the, what anyone wants to do, but turkey hunting for me is grab your gun, get a call and go out into the woods and set by a tree and don't move. That's right. That's and so, right. you know, and, and if you do move, your dad rips your ass. And I think that needs to happen more anyways. But anyway, um, so all that being said, I turkey hunt a lot. I travel all around. So, you know, I'm not holier than thou, nothing like that. But I'll just say this. In Missouri, with fewer birds, which I think is the biggest thing, you know, we all agree that there's fewer turkeys. And so why would we expand the hunting time? And by doubling the hunting hours, you're doubling hunting season. Um, That's right. And so... Why would we expand it? The second thing is, you know, I know a bunch of my buddies, a bunch of my buddies are not good turkey hunters and a bunch of my buddies are very good turkey hunters, but even the best turkey hunters struggle sometimes. So let's say that, let's say that there's, you know, they say that the numbers are, you know, you know, 10% of hunters kill two turkeys or whatever it is. But let's say you got 10 buddies and they all turkey hunt quite a bit. Five or six of them are going to kill both of their birds of my buddies. Five or six are going to kill both of their turkeys. Well, if you double that number, you double the hours that you can turkey hunt. All of my buddies are going to kill their turkeys, which is fine. But not only are they going to kill them, they're going to wound more birds. They're going to educate more birds. And they're going to put more pressure on breeding birds. 
again, we're not sustenance hunting. If, you know, so my opinion is if you can't kill them in the mornings, then they live to, they live to gobble another day and, and we all move That's on right. and, and, and it's, it's no big deal. Another thing we're going to do is open up Missouri with, you know, open up Missouri as more of a tourist destination for turkey hunting, which is fine. And it's a free country and more power to you. That's why we all flooded the Kansas, but look what happened to Kansas. It used to be snap your fingers and there's birds everywhere. You know, buddy, buddy's trip, go out and have five or six killed in the morning. And, and now I, I go to Kansas still. And I went last year and I tell you what, I tried my damnedest for two days and I was never within 300 yards of a turkey that I knew of. So in, a, in waning populations, in, in tough times, supposedly in Missouri turkey hunting, the only reason that I can see for adding extra time and more pressure is to increase the dollar, the, 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 the dollars of, of revenue from out of state hunters. And, and I'll close with this, not that anyone gives a shit, my opinion or anyone's listening, but I've always said for Missouri, <laughs> we're a hunting destination. We've got incredible resource in both deer and turkey population triple the price of out-of-state tags, we'll get half the hunters, we'll make more money, we'll have less pressure, and we'll have better opportunities for anybody willing to come here to hunt or the folks that live here to hunt. And I just feel like we have a good enough product that we can raise our price, we can get more value per person, and everyone wins. And more importantly, the species wins. Because it's not about whether I want to kill a turkey or Keith wants to kill a turkey or Ira wants to kill That's a turkey right. or when it works for our work schedule. I, I get in these rants with people on online and I've got, I really have to stop for my health. But a guy was like, well, you don't understand. I have to work during the week. Okay, that's not the turkey's problem. It's your schedule is not, doesn't dictate what's good for the species. So like I said, I can feel my, I can feel my blood boiling. I'm going to move on, but that is my opinion. And, and so that's what I think. Ira, I'm interested to hear what you think. Well, like you Evan. guys, I, I'm a traditionalist. I I don't use a blind. I don't use a decoy. I, I got a call gun and I'm out there, but uh, I do have some insight into all our neighbors and They've all not not all, but but several of them have had all day turkey hunting. So you look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's been three birds for a long time. I used to hunt Oklahoma. Oklahoma, their population took such a dive, they went from three to one. They didn't go from three to two. They went from three to one. And then Kansas went from two to one with unlimited over the counter tags to one in all public areas and two on private ground in areas. And then now they're one and an over-the-counter or a non-resident draw. Nebraska has gone from three to two and put a cap on their number of, of tags. And these are all states that were all day hunting, okay? So in Missouri, we know that we, our turkey population has not been growing. It's been shrinking. And all our neighbors, Coming more and more restrictive and so there's a lot of people as we all know in today's world with a lot of time and a lot of money to go hunt wherever and when all of our neighbors are becoming more and more and more restricted because their populations are tanking and our pay, our population is not growing it's shrinking and i normally am a huge supporter of mdc but in this case 
I got to say, they are fucking up because why would you make things more liberal when everyone around you that's been liberal is becoming conservative and our population is not doing great? And we're going to say, hey, let's hunt all day. Not just if it if, if there was no change in the hunter numbers and it gave some opportunity to someone that wouldn't normally go, whatever. But the, the truth of the matter is that all these traveling hunters, which I'm one of them, so I'm not knocking them, that have hunted in Nebraska, Oklahoma, Kansas, South Dakota, all these places that are becoming more conservative, and not to mention everywhere southeast, I mean, Alabama, Mississippi, all these places where turkey numbers are taking a shit and it's becoming more conservative on the numbers and the seasons and everything else. We're going to say, hey, let's make it more liberal. Where do you think they're going to come? Keith, yeah. step yep. aside. Because yep. and I'm a guy that's killed a lot of turkeys on public ground in Missouri. I mean, Me too. excellent opportunity here. But... I'd say that, you know, it's going to be way more crowded than it's been in the past. I'm a huge supporter of MDC. Uh, and I, I agree with 90% of what they do. But in this case, I don't know what happened here. I don't know who was involved. I don't know what kind of politics were involved. But I can smell a rat from a mile away. And this smells like a Joe Biden deal to me. Yeah. Ira, do you have any – do you have any – idea or have you heard some of the pros of it we've talked about the cons are there any I, positives I, other than uh in you know more inclusive or more opportunities i i have but it's uh there's some there's some people that know that have told me the inner workings and it's nothing that i'm willing to say here gotcha. Gotcha. or anything else in a private conversation but i do believe that there's some nefarious shit going on and I hope it's something that we can turn around and that we can change back to the way that it's been. Um, and, and maybe one day we'll have enough turkeys where, where it doesn't matter, but I don't feel like we're there. Well, no, I'll say one thing, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. I can check in on Facebook and Instagram and every other thing, but I should be checking in on when these meetings are not that my opinion is going to make a difference, but at least I'll say something. And I always well, say, this meeting. well, right. Well, I always there, say, yeah, when were these meetings? There was, but there was no meeting. I mean, it was, it was kind of done under the cover of darkness. Well, and, and, and that has to be, you know, people are like, oh, you wouldn't go to the meetings. Dude, I'm on the golf board and the financial freaking board at church. I will go to a damn meeting. And if I'll set it at a freaking church financial school meeting, I will promise you I'll go to a duck or a turkey meeting. I can promise you that. So I will go to a meeting. But whenever we don't have one where anybody can even voice their opinion, like I was saying, there's some some bullshit going on. And, you know, MDC, I thank, I thank God for MDC in this area for, for our duck population and, and our duck management. Grand Pass and Fountain Grove, there's – there's nothing I can say other than I wish I could get in easier. I wish I had an easy button to where I could get in and nobody else could, but those two areas are enough for me to really be appreciative of what MDC does. Um, the deer and Turkey thing is another story, but, but one thing I'll say, and everybody needs to think about, I'm not saying that I'm a good Turkey hunter. I'm a consistent Turkey hunter. I go a lot and I do it the same every time. I don't call that much. 
I, I, I only call, you know, when, when I want to, I've got a weird, weird way to do it, but if I get them, I get them. And if I don't, I don't. And, and if I don't get one, I don't get one. I just, you know, I, I just don't understand this thought of hunting where, whether it's ducks or turkeys or whatever, that you're entitled to get one. You might just suck or they might just outsmart you. And it's like ducks. I mean, you may have done no work on your property. And so it's no good. You might have done no scouting. You might have not want to do the grind of the Arkansas public hunting. I promise you the way Arkansas was, nobody should have a bitch. Because if you are an opportunistic hunter and you really, really, really want to kill ducks, this last weather pattern stuff that we had, everyone was killing ducks. If you want to put the work in, you should have been able to kill some ducks. Keith, am I wrong about that? 100%. That's right. So, you know, Ira, I wish you wouldn't have brought that up because now I'm about to pass out. But um, I think it was, I think it's a good, it's a good topic. And, and anybody from MDC, you know, just if you had anything to do with that, shame on you. All right, let's move on to the next one. Then. That's one of my favorites. This is one of my favorite topics, Ira. I, I feel like, Joe, did we talk about this in the last podcast? I can't remember. With yeah, me? We, no. We, we, no. we brushed over okay. it, Ira. We brushed over it. I, I, I want to hear Keith and your opinion on it, and I'll give mine, but, but I'm interested to hear your all's because I, I don't – I think it's the more you've hunted and the more you've been around, and that's a note that I have. But the more that you've hunted, the more weight your opinion should carry on this. So so you guys are both more qualified than me. So, Keith, why don't you start? Ira, ask your question again, and then Keith, weigh in. All right. I just I just don't want to be too redundant if Ira talks about it. But, no. you know, people are so passionate about, like, should it be a week later? Should it be a week earlier? Should we have a split? Should we have two splits? Whatever. And so people get so fired up about it and so mad about it. And uh, I have my opinion, but I'm curious what you guys' opinions are. Well, let me talk about this. I love this topic. This is about duck hunting. I love it. So the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The, you know, I think we I think we can accept that science or the pot or the breeding counts determine how long, how many days the season is. So that's not what I was talking about. I was saying is if it's going to be 30 days, if it's going to be 45, if it's going to be 60, when do we want those days? Right? Not, not, we're not talking about how long it should be that that's predetermined. And we just kind of take, we're, we're the stepchildren on that. We just say what, what daddy tells us. Right? So if it's going to be 60 days though, that gives us a big long gap or big, you know, a big range. And so where do we want to position that range on the calendar is what, is what I was getting at. I tell you, years ago, uh, I, I think it was 20 years ago, I, I first, one of the first things I did when I got on the internet and I was on the Missouri Department of Conservation website, and I, I have to believe that it's all still there. They had, you, their, their website, by the way, you can stay on it for, for, I mean, weeks. Like, there's so much information that's deep, 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 deep in there. And they had all sorts of data about, uh, peak migration dates in, in, in Missouri, northern, southern Missouri, you know, different regions of the states, peak, my, peak migration dates. And I can tell you to just to save the mystery and save all the bull, as I recall from 20 years ago, your, your first peak migration is going to be around Veterans Day, around the first, you know, the first week or so of November. 
up to basically Christmas, right? Right in there. And, and, and we as hunters, if those of us especially are blessed enough to be out there a bunch throughout the whole season, that jives with our experience, right? I mean, that's, that's when you see those bulk uh, movements of mallards. So I say without, you know, just, it, it, just being a nerd about it, if there is data, scientific data that says that, and if those dates are 40 days apart, then if our season's 40 days, that's where we want them, right? <laughs> right? Wherever, wherever that is, that's when we want them. We'd be stupid to have it outside of that. So let's put that the, the center of that pattern on those two dates in my mind. Now, in the, that's, that's not anecdotal. That's more scientific, and that's not my bent. I'm more of a bullcrapper, right? So I'm more of a real world, uh, just a, a redneck style. And But in the real world, my experience tells me the same exact thing. Another thing about me is I'm not a duck killer. I'm a duck caller. If I can't call ducks and have them respond and kill them over decoys, I don't care to be out there. I'm not there to murder ducks. I mean, what's that prove, right? I want to see them work. I want to call ducks. And I can tell you that if you're calling a duck on January 29, that sucker ain't interested in calling like he is on November 29. That's just the way it is. He's he's paired up. He's breeding. He's way more worried about who what gal he's going to roll with when he gets to North Dakota than he is what he's going to eat right there or who he's going to, you know, congregate with. It's just, you know, there's a lot of ducks killed in the South, but the the, the truth is your best hunting is in December. That's just the way it is. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just the way it is. That's when you kill them. And so... I, so then knowing that that's a philosophy, those things I've had, or I've just said, are my basic philosophy. So then you start, you, you start thinking about, well, why is it that it's so pervasive, almost universal amongst our ranks, that everybody says it should be later, later, later. That's all we hear. That's all you hear from. I mean, it, it, and, and, I'm, and I think that I know why. I, I think it is that it does not matter when the season ends. Wherever you're at, you can have it in on February 5. You can have it in on January 5. You could have it in on December 5. And it, whenever it ends, five days after that, they're going to be thicker than flies everywhere. Everywhere. So what does, what does a non-thinking person that's never looked at the data, has never remained objective, and hasn't quite frankly spent the time you know, that we have, just going to be honest, what is he going to think? It's going to be logical for him to think and reasonable for him to think, man, the season needs to be open later, right? There's right. what's that? I'll take, I'll take it one step further. You know where they're going to be five days after the season closes? Uh, mainly on the places that suck. You know why? Because they're the places that have the food. The good places right. don't have that's right. That's right. Thoughts are the guys that are saying it needs to be later because the ducks haven't eaten their food there. And so yeah. that's where they're going. And they're like, man, it needs to be later. And that's yeah. the truth. One other yeah. well, one thing, if you look at our refuge, and I don't care what refuge you're at, if you're at a historic refuge, where it's Swan Lake, Keith down south, whether that's private farms or public areas, a lot of folks don't realize how many ducks are on the refuge 
just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not there. And and you might not know the difference between 10,000 and 110,000. So yeah. it all looks like a lot of ducks. Well, whenever hunting season is going on, there might be 500,000 ducks at one of our areas. And they're all confined to an area like Keith said. They're they're homered in on a spot. They're 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 herded up. Yeah. When you know it might be a ten thousand acre refuge, and there you know, but but when season ends, it's a hundred and ten thousand yeah. acre refuge. So all those okay. ducks that you didn't know were there that have been there since since you guys were taking your kids trick or treating, they're all out and about on your farm on everybody else's farm because they're not getting shot at, and that should show you the power of the refuge, not necessarily that the season needs to be moved back because all those ducks moved out over an area. They move out because of pressure, not necessarily because there's more or less here. Yeah. My, my thing no about food left. Yeah. My thing about that, seriously, about this whole topic is it the person that is just there's people that are a lot more folks than us. The the percent greatest percentage of people are passionate about it needs to be later, no matter where you're at. It's a, it's just the way it is. It's odd to me. But if you were to ask those guys, well, when do you want it to end? Let it end as late as you want it. I mean, how late would they say? February 15, you know, now we're, 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 in my opinion, we're open 10 days too late here at, on the January 31st, right? I mean, it, it's, again, what, the way I look at it, it's November 10 to December 25. How many, how many, you know, how many days are that? Whatever, 35, 40, whatever that is. And if you got 20 more days, than that in the season, you've got 60 days, put 10 on this side of that, put 10 on that side of that. And that, that I mean, that's just the way it should be. I think it's, it's open and well, shut. Keith, Keith, before we had the big freeze this year, most people South of Missouri said, there's no ducks. Yep. We need to go in grand 30 because there's no ducks left. They're all dead. What are we doing? What's 100%. the U S fish doing? Why? There's no ducks left. And they were convinced of that. But oh, yeah. I mean, that's not the truth. I mean, you know, that was a perception. And, right. and I'm not saying the past this year. I, I I don't believe they did, and I, I think it's proven that they didn't. But for people to be saying we need to go and, and just preaching that we need to go to three days and 30 ducks based on the fact that they hadn't had a very good November or early December is yeah. insane. In a year when it's 60 degrees on Christmas in Pierce, South Dakota, and the Mississippi River is the lowest it's ever been in history, how are you going to base what the shape our duck numbers are in on a season like that? I mean, you, I don't care. You, how many ducks are there? Not, you know, 90 million. You give me 490 million ducks and give me a record low Mississippi River and 60 degrees in Pierce, South Dakota on January 1st, and you're not going to have them down here. That's just the way it is. <laughs> it, you know, it's it's amazing, though. And Ira and I talk, talked about it daily almost. But I, And I'll say again, I don't have any agenda. I don't make money off duck hunting. I don't, I don't give either. a shit. Keith, you don't either. I, and, uh -huh. and I mean, Ira, Ira would call a spade a spade. I mean, he's got a company that does duck hunting. But he's seeing what he's seeing on his own place. He doesn't guide. He doesn't take. Yeah. But I have no agenda. I don't give two shits. But all I can tell you is. Just because I can't kill them doesn't mean they're not here. I got, 100%. I, it wasn't that I wasn't seeing them on the traffic deal. Zach Sutton, he came with me and he said, this isn't, this can't be real. I mean, 30,000 ducks flew over us. We didn't kill a single duck. They're going to food. 
They've been here yeah. since October. It was the end of, you know, it was January, you know, almost January. It was December, whatever, 26th. I got my ass kicked. I got my ass kicked by some tough ducks. It wasn't that there was no ducks. So I can tell you they're there. I border the the refuge. You know, folks down south, and I'm not throwing you all in that bucket, but the ones of you guys who are saying there are no ducks, just because they're not to you doesn't mean they're not alive. You know, and so I just think it's, you know, because – because look what happened whenever things changed in Arkansas. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it went crazy. And, and now everybody had the best season of their life. You know, guys yep. made memories they haven't made in 10 years. And, oh, well, yeah, it's fine. And you know you know what this subject is exposing? And you touched on it very earlier in this conversation, Joe. It touches on attitude, right? It's the, th- it's, it's the fact that we act like that duck hunting or turkey or whatever is a video game that we're supposed to go out there and be gratified and have success and get so many points, right? Just like in a video game. Put 50 cents in, like in the old days, put a quarter in a Pac-Man machine and play it or shoot ducks on a video game. It's not like that. It's ducks. And there are going to be spells in a season, every season, where it looks like you're never going to kill another duck for the rest of the season. We've all, if you hunt a whole season, I don't care where you hunt, you're going to have a spell in that season where you're like, we're done. And I see no reason why it's ever going to change. But you know what happens? It does. Every time, that's why we love it, right? And it, this is, this season is more so like that than any I've ever recalled in the South because it was record high temperatures record low rivers, and it was for six weeks, nothing, nothing. But, and if you have a bad attitude and think you're supposed to have a good season for 60 days, first first of all, you've got a bad attitude. <laughs> you're yeah. just, you know, you just, you, you just are thinking about this whole game wrong and not, and you're just not grateful to be able to go. But we have to have some success. And I am telling you that I have not encountered a 60-day season where you don't end up having a spell in that season that made your whole season. And when I say a spell, I mean a week. I mean, one week of good hunting can make your whole season if you've got a good attitude. Well, that's, that's a great section. Back into the original question. Joe, do you want to go or do you want me to go? You can go. So, keep to your point. When, when people... And, and I've fallen into this category in the past, get so passionate about if our season was a week later or a week earlier, or we had a week split or whatever the case may be. And, and we're talking about 60 days, right? We've had a liberal season forever. So yeah. the shorter, the, the more unified everyone would become, right? But when we got a 60-day season, you got opinions that are all over the board. That's right. That's right. But I still say, after a long time of doing this, I've become less passionate. I really don't care. I don't care if it's a week earlier or a week later. We got it's all the same. It's it going to all be the same. Because at the end of the season, if you have 60 days, you're going to have some great days, and you're going to have some good days, and you're going to have some tough days. And what you really need to be worried about, instead of being so passionate and so dedicated to blaming MDC for not – putting the season exactly where you think it needs to be. Why don't you put some more stock into what you can control, like making better habitat or having a better decoy spread yeah. or just 
going out and enjoying whatever days you have out there because yeah. it doesn't matter. That does not matter because not every day is going to be great and not every day is going to be bad. You just got to go. And that's yeah. all I got about that. And that's you're 100% true. And I, and I, I have, that's, I've said that same speech to people that try to pigeonhole, you know, they, we supposed experts, people want to hear from us, right? What, what's your opinion, Ira? What's your opinion, Joe? And my thing is, if it's 60 days, a good portion of it's going to be rough and a good portion of it's going to be good. Uh, I, I love it that it's 60 days. It gives us a lot of variety, but if, if you're giving me the magic wand, I would rather call Dutzing no in in late November than I would late January. That's just me. I I I, I just like calling ducks. What's that? In sixty days, you're gonna have that. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's the, only, I, the only thing I would like to change, and I am only for the rest of this stuff. I'm for you know, but if I if it was my choice, I'm fine with the seasons whenever they are. I used to love whenever our dividing line was twenty four highway. Selfishly because I own land on both sides of the 24. So it was <laughs> yeah. awesome. So other than that, though, I mean, you can ask anyone that I talk to, and I talk to several guys every day about duck hunting. I don't bitch. I just don't. I just don't because yeah. it's just – it is what it is. And, and another thing, you know, the question we all got to ask ourselves is who who are we to think that – I mean, why, do, why should – I mean, I you know, okay, so I get up – either I duck hunt every day. I'm either duck hunting, deer hunting, or working. I don't – for the 60 days of duck season, there's not one day I sleep in none. And I'm not that just if, cause if I can't, if I can't be duck hunting, there's a dang good reason, you know, and I'm, I'm at work early. Um, otherwise I'm duck hunting, which I'm fortunate for, but so I'm up, I'm going all the time. I want to go every day and, and I get my key, you know, there's runs. I get my teeth kicked in. It is what it is, but you know, who am I to think that I just should get them because you know, mother nature or the duck gods or whoever doesn't give a shit about Joe Weimer's duck hunting. And, you know, we're crazy to think that they do now, you know, one thing, another, another thing we all have to think about is like, maybe your spots just not that good. Like there are not very many spots that are good enough to get them every day. I mean, there, I can count on my hand five spots that I know of in this stretch of the flyway that you should be bewildered if you be bewildered if you don't get them. Like my spot, it's a pretty good spot. But if you don't get them, hey, yeah, well, we didn't get them. Hell, well, let's try it tomorrow. Now, Iris Farm might be one of them where if you didn't get them, you're sitting there like, I wonder what happened. The rest of it's just duck hunting. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, why do I think that that I deserve to get them every day? Uh, you know, so mm -hmm. so I think more than season dates, changing season dates or changing limits or changing rules or anything like that we just have to change our perspective and I'm not, and I'm not the, the kumbaya Sunday school. Let's all get together and have a great time. I'm just saying it's duck hunting. I'm as competitive as there is. And I want to go. And, and if I, I'll change decoys 50 times and I'll, I'll blow it every bunch that goes over. I am as dialed in wanting to kill them as anybody. So I don't want to make it sound like that. But at the end of the day, nobody owes any ducks to you. So get out and get after them. And, and another one final thing I'll say is, I want to hunt my spot because I, I own my spot. I put a lot of time and effort into my spot and I do everything I can. And I want to kill them on my spot, but I could kill more ducks if I got off my spot and went and hunted public more often and, and really got after them and grinded after them in different spots. However, I would prefer to hunt them my place and kill some on my spot that I own and whatever. 
That's, again, not the Ducks' fault that I didn't get them. Get off my ass and go get on the river or go to Grand Pass or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I want to hunt my spot. So a lot of us fall into that. It's like, you know, Josh Ditch, me and him agree about a lot of things, and we disagree. He's foul-focused on Instagram. He's a taxidermist. He's excellent. Used to work for Ira at Mo Marsh. was a co-worker of mine. He says it all the time. Get off your ass, get in the truck, and go find them. They're out there. So we just need to change our perspective a little bit. And we've all kind of got a little bit entitled. I mean, I, I expect to kill ducks too, but um, but we but we really shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of you dealing with personalities too. That can you imagine how small a percentage of the population of this world gives a crap about if we're gonna turkey hunt past one o'clock? You know what I mean? But we're we're passionate about it. So it means a lot to us. And I, and I say that uh, so in an effort to make everybody realize that it, there are people screaming at, at their speakers right now, hearing us talk, right? They're, they're screaming at, and, and those guys, you guys that are screaming about my opinions, how I'm so stupid about that. I don't want season to go, you know, later or whatever. Uh, you're my brother, dude. I mean, we're duck hunters. I don't care. I don't care when the season is. It's just, I, I just think that it it's something that I don't think that that's the answer uh just going later and later and later that's just my opinion I, I but i don't care you give me 60 days you put them wherever you want i'm fixing to go guy <laughs> and a bunch of them i'm gonna get them and a bunch of them i won't <laughs> another thing this year illustrated was no matter what we now what we do makes a big difference the 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 steps that guys at white oak i mean they bought that place and they turned it around and they turned it into what it is. Ira and them did the same thing with Logos Grove. You know, everybody who improves the property is taking their fate into their own hands in some way, shape, or form. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we do. The guys in Arkansas can have the best farm ever. If they're not there, they're not there. At the end of the day, Mother Nature holds all the cards. And yep. I'm glad she does because it keeps us humble. It keeps us honest. And it really keeps us guessing. And, you know, that's the fun part. You know, I'll use an example of teal season. And Jason Zara mentioned it before. I scouted every day of the week before teal season. And I could count on two hands the number of teal that I saw in our place right next to the refuge. And I told Jason, I said, dude, I'm honestly so, I mean, if, if, it was, if I wasn't me and an addict, I wouldn't even go tomorrow morning because it's going to be a damn waste of time. And he said, same here, let's go. And we got a front and they were everywhere, everywhere. And it just, yeah. you know, what I thought I knew, I didn't know shit. And that's been proven time and time again in life on other things too. But it's fun when you don't know. It's fun when you don't know and you just go. So, um, well, and that's why we like duck hunt. That's what duck hunting is. You just ex explained it. It, it, it. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're migrating critters and, you know, turkeys are where they're at all the time and deer are. And, it, you know, that, that, that it, they don't have that allure, that mystique about them. So that's, that's, that's why we do it. Keith. Well, Joe heard me say before, but there's some things in life you can't trust. You can't trust a puppy, and you can't trust a teal. Like, you can stockpile a mallard, but you can't stockpile a teal because they have a clock in their head, and you leave them alone for four days because you got a new group coming, and you want them to have a great hunt and whatever, and no. guess what? No, they're gone. They're gone. So they're gone. You <laughs> them while they're here because I, I could make a lot of other uh, analogies. Uh, be good, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> exactly. Burn them up when you can.
We right. talked about the age structure of ducks and, you know, everybody talks about snow geese and how, oh, there's not a lot of juvies this year, or there is a lot of juvies this year and, and all this, you know, when we have good duck numbers, nobody ever gives a shit, but when we don't, or, or when, 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 uh, let me say when duck hunting is tough, I think that I think, and this is me and I don't know shit, but I think that age structure makes a difference in the quality of hunting and the bunches that we get started, that I get started. Um, this year, you know, I was killing a bunch of the, of the proportion of the number of the ducks that I killed. I had a bunch of wall hangers. I mean, big, fat, good looking ducks that were, that were here and, and knew the game and had been eating their fill and, and, and were older, beautiful ducks. I didn't get hardly any of those. I call them hermaphroducts. Those, those green heads that look like hens. And you're like, what the hell? You know, I didn't get a lot of young skinny ducks that were new just, and I think those a lot of times are your bunch starters, you know, when you're hunting traffic and, and, and you got a wad going over and you start two or three of them and then the rest of them, we didn't have a lot of that, you know? So I think the age structure makes a difference. Keith, am I crazy on that? Do you, do you agree with that or? Yeah, well, you know, my, when you're explaining that my hunch is that maybe the regional difference, you know, there's maybe a little bit of a regional difference because y'all are hunting a little bit earlier. Some, I, I, you know, I don't notice that so much. Uh, and, and with the plumage, you know, slightly, I don't, I've not noticed that or, or paid much, much attention to that. Uh, I, I've got some, some more cynical, uh, theories about I, I i'm such an anti-spinner guy you can't even imagine i in fact i'm so ugly in my mind about it i don't even really utter it aloud even to hunting buddies but i i, I just think that that by a, a a spinner inherently is changing your age structure of your ducks right <laughs> I mean, making them smart well sure you're not gonna get they they know what they are and every duck does uh, if, if you doubt that, then you didn't see a spinner in 1998. Uh, it, it, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you had one going in 1998, you had duck sailing. Uh, it didn't matter. They were duck sailing on the thing. And the fact that you can turn one on now and they're not sailing everywhere tells you that they know from a mile away what it is. So that, that, that's just my, that's my short take on that. But I, 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 I kind of got off on a rant, but I think that in my mind, spinners affect age structure a lot, what ducks you're seeing. You know, if you use them, and most people do. I mean, I don't, I'm one of the very few people that strictly do not and never have never owned one. Uh, that, that if you use them, you're going to you're gonna uh, thin down older ducks, you know, and what you see and, and, have, and see younger ducks. So if you don't have a lot of younger ducks, you're going to have a rough year. And so I think when you don't use them, I don't think you notice that as much. It's maybe a theory. I don't know. I don't have much to offer on that. Okay. Topic. Okay. Well, let me Joe, ask. Go ahead, Ira. Joe knows uh, my theory. Like, I use them early because we have a lot of odd ducks, and they're effective on teal and yes, whatever. Odd ducks. And, and they're effective on our early migrators, mallards included. But then generally by – Oh shoot! The third week of November, I'm I'm out. I, I never use another one after that because I feel like you know if you want to kill bunches of mallards, you're not going to get them with the spinner. Like that's when you pigeonhole yourself into shooting singles and pairs that's and right. whatever. That's right. But uh, but here was an exception. Like you know, 
even not using a spinner, and I'm talking about lots of mallards on our place. Well, most of them never flew, so you can't kill a duck doesn't fly unless you want to go jump him up, and that won't be much good for very long. But boy, they were just tough around the deal. But yeah, you know, even up here in the in the ranges where our ducks are truly transitional theoretically, although this year they weren't very much because um, we didn't have any weather. But uh, a spinner, in my opinion, I 100% agree with you, will hurt you on mallards once they've been here for a little while more than they'll help you. Mm. And you're not alone in that camp. And I hunt with them maybe, let's say we got an eight-week season. I might use them three weeks of the season. Yeah. You know, when we guided – I would, I would use them, you know, for one thing, regardless of what my opinions are, you're trying to provide a service and your, your clients are thinking you're giving them less of a, a chance to shoot ducks. And, and arguably you are, if you're not considering mallards, but I'm there to, I, I get up in the morning hoping to light a group of 20 mallards. That's why I go duck hunting, trying to get a big group of mallards. And you are, you are completely eliminating, in my opinion, your chance at lighting a big bunch of ducks down here. Now, I know guys up north, I hunt a lot up on the Missouri River way up north, and, you know, they use them a lot, and they, they have good luck with them still. I, I still don't – I just I just feel like that they're hurting your chances at a big group. And, man, that's why we go. That's why you go, hoping to, you know, get get 25 in there, man. That's – that's that's you, you don't – anymore, you don't get a lot of that. But that that's why I don't like them. But, uh, and the reason is, is because in a group of 25, you get back to your age – uh, uh, discussion. You're going to have all ages in that group, right? They're not going to all be young, and and because some of them are old, you can't fool all those. That that's the simple. That's the way I look at it. Very simply. If you, I I, I did the only time, and I probably learned more from Myra, but the only time that I use spinners is during um, like in in one of our little traffic ponds, whatever you want to call it, where they're you know <clears throat> to try to catch attention. Uh, to mm -hmm. me. Man, I, and I I look at spreads and setups more than I should and probably more than what's necessary, but there ain't nothing that looks dumber to me than being in a WRP or a flooded flooded cornfield or whatever and having a goddamn spinner. It looks so stupid. I mean, to me, it's just like, what? Yeah. You know, your decoy spread looks good. It's moving and all that. And then you got a, you got a battery on a stick, you know, and, and it just, yeah. to me, that just takes stuff away from it. I know you guys have heard me talk on here about Foster's, but basically what Foster's was, was a swag cut through a field. Ira and I used to lease and I hunted there every day and I never, ever, ever used a spinner there. And I would just put out a good size spread. And on the days when they, there was decent wind, I would beat their ass and kill them literally every day. And even when there wasn't wind, you know, I would kill, you know, at least kill four. But once I really started hunting there and really tuned into, Hey, yeah, you might not, you might not turn as many ducks. You might not catch the attention of as many ducks, but when they finish, I mean, the ducks you were shooting at Foster's, you could take your gun barrel. You never pointed here. You were yeah. always down here. And so, yeah. you know, for me, it's just nice to not use them. Keith, do you think we'll ever see Ira either? Do you think we'll ever see a time when they're not legal or do you think it's too big of an industry and just too big of a, the, the cries of, of disdain would be too loud from the duck hunting public. Well, what are your thoughts? I think it was a hotter topic uh, 15 years ago. I think it's taking care of itself now. I, I, it doesn't bother me if they're legal. I, I mean, because I don't think they work. I'm serious. I, I, I think I think it's laughable, especially at conservation areas. Like down at Duck Creek, we're the only group on the whole area that's not using them. 
if we get a duck to sail on a call, they know we're ducks because we don't have one of them stupid things. <laughs> I mean, it actually, I want everybody to use them. <laughs> and, and 15 years ago, that wasn't the case because you, you were so affected by them sailing yet. They wouldn't finish 15 years ago like they would 20 years ago, right? <laughs> but they were still sailing on them all the time. You know, they were affecting, but now they, they don't pay attention to them. I, I mean, they don't even pay attention. I wasn't around for that. My question is, both of you guys, Ira, you start. I know you did all sorts of shit, made your own and had remote control cars and all that shit. But from somebody who who wasn't around for that, from that for that phenomenon, briefly describe what was that like of you hunt forever and you don't have them and then all of a sudden you have them. What was that like? Was it really like what everyone says? Yes, it was. Um, but, but I want to take things one step further. I do think, I I don't think they're going to go away. I I'd be happy if they did. Um, and I do think that when we get a big production year, they'll be more effective than they've been this year. Last year, I feel like we had pretty good production year because the, just the way the ducks acted two years before that, I don't think we did, but. That's not my point. My point is this. I'm going to step completely away from ducks. Let's go to geese. So I think back to like all our snow goose hunting days, and you can even think about what we've been doing goose hunting this year, Joe, or last year when I was in Idaho. So no spinner. We're talking about goose hunting. And I think if you can get a bird started, the less decoys you have, the better. Because an adult bird, whether it's a goose or a duck, they know the deal, man. They've seen it. They've been shot. They've had their asses burnt. They know what a decoy is. They know what calling, whether it's, you know, the worse it is, the more they know. They're looking at your hide, all that. So the more decoy, the, the less decoys you can start a bird with, the higher your chances of having a good end experience are. So... Like, if you're hunting with 4,000 snow goose decoys, you're probably going to start more snow geese. But are you going to shoot more at 10 yards? Oh, maybe some days. But there's some days if you could start them with 100 decoys, you'd shoot more at 10 yards. Same thing with honk. I mean, think about all the times you've been honker hunting and you got out a conglomeration of shit. You know, you got... You got shells, you got full bodies, you got floaters, you got wind socks, you got whatever the hell you got, and you may get more birds started, but the number, let's say you got 100 working, how many are you going to shoot? Two? Two dummies? You know, the chance of having all 100 be feet out at 10 yards is low, and so, like you were saying, we're shooting geese at 15 yards over 14 decoys, over and over and and granted a lot of them didn't get started but the ones that did we just smash and so same thing with ducks i mean if i hunted with a spinner in december would i maybe get a couple more to set their wings at 150 yards maybe but how many of those am i going to shoot completely fooled within 20 yards a small percentage versus if i have about 15 decoys that are realistic and motion that i can control i.e a jerk cord i mean i'm probably going to finish a bunch of those ducks and i'm gonna shoot them and that's a high quality experience i'm not saying it's a high quality experience for eight people but for one or two or three people it's awesome that's so right. 
that's what I got to say about that. I'm not. No, that's hundred percent true. And I, 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 I think the same thing and it preached the same thing. You know, my, our hunting styles are all personal mine. I rely a lot on calling. So if I'm a, if, if my hunt is a caller's game and I'm trying to get a duck to initially sail on a call, then a spinner's all it can all it can stand to do is to hurt me at that point. I've done you see what that, that you're doing the same thing. You're saying the same thing. Another way to look at it, and I say this jokingly, but I'm serious. You know the joke about going out and using the bathroom. Every time you go out and use the bathroom, you see ducks say, Well, there's nothing mysterious about that. It's movement. A human being out in the decoys or standing outside of the blind can be seen a longer than any decoy spread. And that and that's exactly what a spinner is in my mind, is a guy standing in the decoys taking a leak. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> if you'll appreciate this, I say it all the time with younger guys, and they're like, you're not going to put a spinner out? I'm like, no. They're like, why not? I said, well, why do you have those fucking things around your neck? Yeah, that's right. If you're not going to rely on those, why are they hanging on your neck? Like that's right. That that's right. Be your main tool. That's well, right. Get them to sail with a call, and you're going to have a lot of success. But like I said, you 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 put a couple guys out in the spread walking around using the bathroom, whatever. You'll have ducks sailing all the time, but it's hard to finish them with a guy in the decoys, and that's exactly the way a spinner is. You'll get them to sail till about a hundred yards. You know or your dog. Yeah. Back. There's two things that I want to say about that. The first is. My buddies will ask me about it or guys that I talk to, the people that follow me on Instagram and I'll give them my opinion. They'll be like, well, you just say that because that's what Ira says or that's, you know, and that's what Aaron says. It's like, yeah, well, okay. I don't know. Is that a, is that a, is that a pro or a con? Because I went in to hunt with those guys a lot and used to hunt with them almost every day. And I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. Really? I thought I did, but I didn't. So guys that kill ducks a lot and do it the right way. And, and it seems like every time you go with them, you have a memorable, memorable experience. Why wouldn't you do what they're doing? Why wouldn't you at least give that a try? I mean, and I hate yeah. to give them too much credit because I like to joke with them, but I mean, those guys know how to kill ducks. So it's like, yeah, I didn't know how to kill ducks like they did. So now that I do what they do, I kill a lot more. So why would you not listen to that? The second thing is, you know, when you look at, when you look at the way that I hunt, I hate contraptions. And, and there's yeah, some great companies out there with some great product but you won't see me with it. I don't like it. I like, I like calling and I like wind. You know, people are always like, Oh, the wind, no, the wind is a huge deal. And on the days when the wind's good, I'm about as good a hunter as it gets. And when they're not, I'm not, but I don't like contraptions. I just hate them. Um, but one thing that I think these tough years help us get back to, and I think it's good. I really think it's good overall, but when the, when it's good and the going's good and it's, you know, it's easy and everything, <clears throat> People don't take pride in their spread. They don't take pride in their decoy placement. They don't take pride in their hide, and they don't take pride in their calling. And some things are are recession proof, uh, you know, or, or trend proof, if you will. Really, really, really good calling—the kind of calling that it takes decades to to get better and get consistent with. That ma that matters. Realistic decoys and and the way you place the decoys, maybe not as much realism as the way the way that you set things up. That that matters. Hide matters. The food matters. And I mean, we've got to get back to as a duck, a group of duck hunters taking pride. And it's probably good that not everybody does because it makes the guys that are able to, like Keith, 
able to kill more. But we've got to get back to taking pride into these aspects of hunting, not not what contraption can I buy to move the decoys better or or make more flash or make more splash, but how can I be a better caller? How can I know how to sound more like a duck? How can I know when and when not to call? How can I set my decoys more realistically? You know, it's it's gotten a thing now. There's been so much contraptions and so much technology. People throw their shit out there. They couldn't tell you. I mean, I've got hard and fast reasons why I do stuff. Everyone on this podcast does. There's a lot of folks mm-hmm. that are into hunting now that they don't have any reason why they're doing what they're doing. Hell, I don't know. Throw it out there and see what happens. And that's the same with calling or guys that you'll talk to, man, I'm not much of a caller, but you know, I just set my spinners out and let them do it. Okay. Yeah. But, but like what Keith's saying, that doesn't always work. And and it's, and it's trending to where that's not working anymore. And then you're upset because mm-hmm. you're not killing them. So we've got to get back to taking pride in our spreads, taking pride in our abilities and, and honing those things and working on them during the off season. Like we did when we were, when we were kids and, and like some of us still do um, the people that are paying attention to detail by and large are killing more ducks. I mean, when Ira goes out hunting on his badass place with how many decades of experience, he will call me and be like, dude, you know what? I I'm, you know, I think I need to use less decoys or I think I need to go with, I need to put more pin oaks on my hide, or I think I need to be side shooting them instead of shooting them head on because these ducks are, you know, this and that, that stuff makes a big difference. So, um, I think it's kind of cool and it's cool to see that the guys who are willing to take pride in their ad, take some pride in your spread, get some good looking decoys. Don't just throw out plastic full uh, plastic for sale sign silhouettes because they're easy to pack around. Take some, take some pride. And, and, you know, I think it's cool that everybody has the opinion and the ability to do it their own way. And it's cool to see what works and, and what's tried and true. You know, I want to say something that I, I think that we, don't that we assume as more experienced and more salty and veteran hunters is that we assume that newer hunters that their goal is the same as ours and we don't ever talk about it but i can just tell from you guys's heart it's not that you're just trying to kill four mallards and two others i mean you can do that right but we want to see them do it right right it's not like and i always say Duck hunting is not a sport of marksmanship. If it if chokes and shells and all of that stuff matters, you're not doing it the way I like to do it, right? <laughs> but if, if ducks do it the way we're setting out for them to do it tomorrow morning if we go, it doesn't matter what we're shooting, right? Now, we're going to shoot them long if they're not acting right, but that's not what we're after. And I think that that – and how do we – how do we – without showing other hunters less more less experienced hunters without them seeing what we actually see and what we're actually uh, setting out to see every time we go hunting then they're not going to get sold on that you're just not trying to shoot uh because you can shoot ducks at 50 yards and get an instagram picture right and and you can do that with a spinner maybe more effectively than without i'll be honest with you right and that's why a lot of that stuff happens but but man, that's not why we're going. We're going to see some feet get out right there on the decoys where we, when we got three or four guys and we cut into them, we're shooting six or seven out of that bunch. That's why I go, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's when it's right. It's not that we're trying to murder a bunch of ducks. It's that we're trying to fool them. And all of those things you're talking about does not matter, Joe, 
to a guy that's not setting out tomorrow to fool them. He don't care what kind of decoys. He don't care how good his calling is. He doesn't take pride in Like you said, you move the decoys 50 times. That may be may not be helping. It may be helping. But, Dadgum, you're there to try to see if you can get them to sit right in the hole, right? That's the goal. It's not shooting and, and successfully murdering six ducks per person. And that's an ethic that we have. We don't have anymore as a crew, as a whole camp of hunters, man. I don't know what has happened. I don't know if it's Instagram. And, you know, you can go old man on it and say, these kids nowadays, well, people have been saying that for generations. I think that the spinner, the more it's used, the more it limits you to being able to see them get in right sometimes. And we have generation now of people that have never hunted without one, and they think that that's what they're – uh, uh that, that's as good as it gets get them in, in gun range and call the shot man i i mean i couldn't do that and so i i'm not ranting on spinners I, i'm just saying that 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 i think that, that there's something there and we need to really keep emphasizing that to people when we're hunting let's get them right don't shoot ducks going with the wind i don't care if they're eight yards if they're going with the wind they may see something and leave but don't shoot them going with the wind, guys. That's not that's not this game. That's not this sport. <laughs> it, Let them go it, through and get in not, the wind and see if we can get their feet out and work their butts over. If we're not. <laughs> if what, we're not. I mean, again, if you show me a sustenance hunter, you show me somebody who's out there to put strictly put meat on the table. One, they, right. better, they better be using an eight seventy. They better not have <laughs> Sitka gear. They better not have shin. You know, they better not have any of that. Yeah. They better be jumping them off ponds. But. But those yeah. guys, I'll listen to an argument from the rest of us. If we have to, if we have to do all this shit to put food on the table, we ought to just be working because it's a whole yeah. lot more economical. But that's right. You know, Keith, when you when you say this stuff, it's so true. And people probably the question that I get asked the most from folks that I hunt with, just like I'm talking like guys that that I work for that come hunt with me like two days a year, one day a year. They're like, dude, why? why do you not shoot this brand or that brand of tungsten laced copper plated bismuth? I, and you know, for me, I've always just been the guy, man, give me, I go to Rogers and the cheapest shit I can find. That's probably a disservice to the resource, whatever. That's what I always have bought. And that's what, I mean, I've got free shells and that's still what I shoot. But when people ask me why I don't, the honest answer and the best one I can come up with and what I've told my buddies, it's because I'm okay leaving with two. And I, and I say yeah. that because I hunt by myself a lot. I, I don't get, if I get four, that's awesome. That's what I'm there to do. But if I get two, I'm still, I still got a house. I'm, I, yeah. I'm still overweight. I'm not, I'm not starving. So, you know, I'm fine with one or two or three or four or a hundred, whatever I get, but I don't want to shoot him at 80. I don't want to shoot him at 38. I want to, you know, and, and I'm not acting yeah. like I'm the, some sort of purist. I'll shoot. If I can kill him, I'll kill him. But yeah. But it's fun to get them right. That's not what you're setting out to do. That's, right. it's That's fun not to get the goal. Them. That's it's not fun the goal. to get them right. And and it just I've just changed my perspective since I've gotten older, and I'm 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 not that old. But it's like, guys, why, why? I mean, do I have to get them that bad? I don't. I don't. Some people might, but I don't. Well, I've I've done it with you a lot, Joe. And this is I hate to give you a pat on the back, but the truth of the matter is today's. Steel shot is very, very good compared to all of it, compared to the way it used to be. And you're a good shot. So the other day when you missed, 
we had that bunch of honkers right in there and you missed twice. I was like, holy shit, you don't see that very much. It, it sorry to bring that back. Sorry to thank you. I love it. But but the other, <laughs> it's had this for a while. And That's uh awesome. and I appreciate everyone that, that's listening and uh sticking with us because it's been a pretty long one. But but what I do want to say, let's let's think about this. Let's not, you know, whether it's been a good season or a bad season. Let's not look to place blame on the resources that are in control. Let's not place blame on MDC. Let's not place blame with a knee-jerk reaction on the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Let's yeah. take this ride and be glad that we have the opportunity to go and not be little bitches and say, we need the season sooner or later or 30 days and three ducks because there's no ducks. And, you know, I, this year it was apparent, man, God, there's a lot of little bitchy duck hunters. And let's just, let's just step back for a moment and be thankful that we have the chance to go and spend time with our family and friends and enjoy our time in the outdoors. And if we get them, we get them. And if we don't, we don't. And and I'll just leave it at that. But uh, but thanks to everyone that's listened. Thanks, Keith, for coming on. And uh, yeah, I I've enjoyed been, it. I, yeah, Keith, you say it right. We get to duck hunt. You put that on a lot of your posts. We get yeah. to duck hunt. And and like it, I said, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that we get to duck hunt. That's the way I look at it. Every time I go, I can't believe we get to and we get to. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you're fine. I, I was just going to end that with end it with saying like Ira was talking about. If we get him, we get him. If we don't, we don't. One of the most fun hunts I had this year was Ira and I hunting in the North Pit at his place, just joking around. I think we killed two or three ducks, just laughing our ass off, having a great time. And I had just as much fun as if we'd have killed our limit. So, you know, <laughs> if if it's if it's only about killing your limit, you got to look at who you're hunting with and why you're hunting with. So. That's right. Uh, you know, I, I now that being said, I'm still going to try to get him every day, and I hope you guys do too. Keith, thank you for coming on. I hope we can all, I hope we can all look at it as we get to duck hunt, not that you know, not that not for any other reason. So I hope everybody has a great off season. We're going to keep bringing you some more episodes. Keith, thank you very much for coming on, man. Thank you guys. Enjoy y'all. All right, you guys be ready for this one. We appreciate you listening. Have a good evening. Cool. Thank you guys. Thank you, Keith. Yeah, welcome. Boy, it went long. I'm sorry. I got Gabby. I, I one thing you didn't come hunting with us. What's that? That one thing I'm disappointed about is you didn't come hunting with us. I know it. I know it. I got to. I, we'll, you know, but when it's not Arkansas season, I gotta entertain my dad and stuff as much as possible. And he and I were traveling. It, it just didn't work out. It didn't work out. Uh, and the one day. Oh, What's that? At one of these years, we'll do it. Yep. This year. I'm going to just come up myself. I'll sneak up there during the week. Keith, bring your dad, too. I don't give a shit, but it'd be fun. Okay. It'd be fun to go. Hey, at this up. point, at this point, he ain't going to kill nothing anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Keith, for coming on. We'll we'll run this thing, and when we do, we'll tag you and stuff. We appreciate it, dude. All right. Y'all take on. care. Keith, real quick. When when I have somebody that's a guest friend and they can't kill anything, I just kill them for them, so it'd be fine. That's it. That, hey, I get it. He's not scared. I get it. Hey, see y'all at NWTF. We'll see y'all at NWTF. Next yeah. week. Y'all be good. Yeah, see you, man. Bye-bye.